0: This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show, where each week we discuss best practices in the field of customer experience management. I'm Tom DeWitt, Director of CXM at MSU. I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Bob Keipel, vice president of CX of M, a retired global CX executive with General Motors. Without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show. I'm Tom DeWitt, and I'm joined by... Bob Keipel. We are... We are extremely lucky today um, because we're joined by Lisa Whalen, who is the Managing Director of the Harris Poll. Welcome to the show, Lisa.
2: Thanks, Tom and Bob. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Great. Well, you want to just jump right into it, Tom? Sure. Such enthusiasm. Sure,
1: although you gave yourself the first question, but I'll take your (laughs) question. So, Lisa, your official role at the Harris Pool is managing director. Could you tell us a little bit about Harris and what your uh, position entails? And if you could, could you focus a little bit on your work in the field of customer experience?
2: Yeah, happy to do so. So, the Harris Pool is a consumer insights firm. We spend all of our time measuring consumer opinion, behavior, actions, uh, segmentation and the like across a number of different industries. And we have been known for decades for pulsing consumer opinion from a general sense. Uh, So we've got about three buckets within the company that we focus in. Uh, Number one, really on the product and brand research side of things. We focus on everything from very granular technologies to uh, vehicles, for, for instance, in the automotive industry, all the way to very broadly corporate brands and reputations and how customers feel about corporations and their brands, as well as the products and services that they give. We also have a bucket that we're very well known for in terms of polling consumer opinion, and we do a lot of research for public release. We've been doing a weekly tracker on COVID opinion and behavior of consumers. Uh, that we've uh, been doing since March, so we have a lot of rich insights from that perspective. And then we also do a lot of work with uh, uh, corporations in terms of their overall strategy and reputation as it uh, uh, goes to consumers.
0: And then That's just awesome.
2: about my role as managing director I focus on the automotive industry. I do play a little bit in some of the adjacent industries around automotive, but I do focus mostly in auto. And we work with uh, stakeholders across the value chain in automotive, everything from technology providers to suppliers to OEMs, really helping them better understand their customers and see what they can do to improve the overall customer experience.
0: Sorry, I interrupted you there, Lisa. That's an awesome description. Thank you. And um, we are primarily Michigan and U.S., but we have some global uh, listeners too. But everybody's interested in the automotive industry. And so today we're going to talk about CX in that realm. And I know Harris recently published a study along with urban science, um, uh, which has to do with um, how customer experience has changed. Uh, in car dealerships due to COVID. Can you tell us a little bit about this study?
2: Yeah, quite an interesting study. We surveyed uh, about 1,500 adult consumers in terms of their views on the dealerships within COVID, how they were transforming and changing, pivoting to meet consumer demands uh, within the context of the pandemic, um, and really how they felt about the vehicle purchase process in terms of being online versus in the showroom, um, what type of accommodation um, in a, a pandemic environment where sanitation is so key and important, as well as you know safety overall from a health perspective.
0: Have there any, things, any particular things that are interesting that have popped up like about sanitation? You mentioned sanitation. Are people uh, as worried now about touching things or is it about breathing things? Have you noticed any change in that sort of information?
2: Yeah, it's interesting as, as researchers have learned more about COVID as we've gone on, whereas before it was much more about, oh, could it be in the air? Could it be on surfaces? You know, What is the real risk? Um, and, and companies have really had to quickly pivot to all of the potential fears around COVID. So you can absolutely see where dealerships have, actually, I bought a new car this week, so my experience mm-hmm. is very timely. Um, dealerships have done a great job pivoting um, from that perspective, putting up plexiglass, uh, when you're doing your financial transactions, social distancing, requiring the use of masks, not only for the customers, but uh, for the dealer personnel as well. So they really are appealing to all potential fears from a sanitation perspective. Um, I can tell you there was hand sanitizer everywhere, everywhere I looked and you know, the dirty pens, versus the dirty pens and, and all of that. So yeah, a lot of actions taken place to make consumers feel more comfortable.
0: Do you think that um, the changes are driven by sort of the requirements of the state or do you feel like dealers are being more proactive and just using this as a way to shift the overall customer experience?
2: We see it as dealers being a lot more proactive, quite frankly. They are the ones really on the front lines with consumers interfacing with them. So they're really the first to feel that pulse of consumer opinion and what might be changing It's interesting, our study uh, says that 61% of consumers actually agree that the entire vehicle purchase process will change as a result of COVID. And we see that dealerships have been quite savvy to this sentiment. Mm -hmm. Now, it's interesting when you look at the purchase process and sort of that consumer journey um, in in shopping for and purchasing the vehicle. Digital transformation has long been something pushing dealerships Mm -hmm. toward that Um, Not just brick and mortar, but sort of that hybrid of bricks and clicks into maybe a totally virtual model anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to see how the pandemic has really pushed that disruption forward. So we see that dealers have really been equipped to handle digital transformation for a while. They've been working on it. So to have to be pushed further um, from consumers to really get there um, in various points along the process, they've really been quick to pivot and rise to the occasion.
1: That's really fascinating. Now, I know you've got a lot of auto industry experience. Um, Compared to other industries like restaurants or banking, uh, how daunting is the customer experience challenge at car dealers?
2: It certainly is daunting um, from many perspectives. Uh, It's interesting that we see that only 14% of consumers are reporting that they're visiting more than one dealership, for instance, mm-hmm. compared to over 20% just a year ago, right? So because of COVID, uh, consumers are less likely to wanna go out and face you know, multiple environments. So you really have to get it right in terms of that first impression in the dealership, but way beyond that um, in terms of the online experience when, when consumers are shopping. Um, so that's been really compelling from dealership perspective. But a lot of that process, that journey of purchasing for consumers, really can be done virtually and online, and we're seeing that. And compared to like restaurants, that's a lot more difficult, right? We've all been dealing with you know Doordash and Grubhub and getting our food if we can um, at home, but it's just not the same, right? As having it hot, fresh, you know, off the line and having it in the the restaurant. Um, With vehicles, it's a little bit different, right? You can do a lot of your entire experience online customers are becoming much more used to teleconferencing right so you don't even have to talk to the dealer in person necessarily for a lot of your transaction you can get on a zoom call with them and work out a lot of the details um, even negotiating the price and the like so we see that the dealerships um, again they've been able to rise to the occasion because they've been dealing with digital transformation for quite some time but we see that they're um, a little bit more agile just because of the product that they're selling to be able to rise to this environment versus maybe other brick and mortar industries such as retail and malls um, or restaurants
0: and the like. So um, you still need to actually touch and feel the car, don't you, or, or is there a greater percentage of people who feel like I had a Zoom call or I had a FaceTime with my dealership and they're just ready to go all the way to the end? What, what kind of change is happening there?
2: Yeah, that's the sticky point, and that continues to be a concern. Consumers overwhelmingly continue to want to be able to kick the tires and test drive a vehicle um, in person. There has been a little bit of fall off in that. Uh, About a year ago, we saw that just over half of consumers felt that a test drive was absolutely an essential part of the vehicle purchasing process. Now we see about two in five consumers reporting that it's absolutely essential, but that's still a pretty critical mass in terms of buyers. Um, And beyond just absolutely essential, there are others that feel quite strongly about it as well. So dealers really need to figure out how to get that model right, make sure that customers feel very comfortable about the sanitation of the vehicles, Um, even looking creatively about potentially mobile visits, right? bringing the car to the customer in their homes, um, or, you know, alternate locations where they feel safer and more in control. So, yeah, that's really the sticky point, though. We're seeing test drives. You just can't replicate that virtually at this point.
1: So how are, how are, how are business models like Carvana um, with a liberal return policy affecting those, those needs? Though, is that something that traditional car dealerships can learn from?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, car dealerships traditionally need to keep transforming without a doubt. It's interesting, though, that um, what it's holding steady is about two thirds of customers say that the dealer is an absolutely essential part of the purchase process. Mm. Whether it's done completely online or completely in the showroom, yeah. or, or more realistically a hybrid of that. Um, so consumers really do feel that the traditional dealer is it, it, extremely relevant and important in the future as well. Having said that, there's so much that can be learned from these new disruptive business models such as Carvana. How can dealers become more agile to consumers? You know, like I said, mobile visits, but yeah, return policies, all kinds of um, different, more flexible models that they can adapt.
1: Yeah, you know, I remember having a similar conversation to this with someone who worked in the travel industry um, in the mid-90s as, as, as travel bookings were starting to move online and his insistence that there would always be a need for an in-person travel agent, which we've we've now since learned isn't the case. Um, I think the same can be said for online banking. Um, you know, do you see a day when dealerships all but disappear? And I know the data doesn't say that now, but I well, think yeah. you know, even as we think about the Amazon effect. And how that's impacting business models, you know, the fact that um, ease and convenience of ordering from home, home delivery, liberal return policies, why shouldn't that apply to the automotive industry? And, 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 and our, our, is the automotive industry being too resistant to that model?
0: And let me pile on to this really super long question by adding in the whole factor <laughs> yeah. of... Uh... Sorry, sorry about that, but, you know, oh, it really yeah.
1: got, you know, it's funny because when you were talking through this, I still remember this this professor I had in 1995 when I'm doing my MBA and we actually got in a bit of an argument in the class about, it he goes, no, nope, there's always going to be a need for an in-person travel agent. You know, there's certain things and well, we you know, to tell them, I, Tom was right. Yep. I, I think I am. I think yeah. I am.
0: Um, but so let me pile on to that whole issue of dealerships and if they're going to go away kind of a thing, because I know dealers are very concerned on another channel too, which is autonomous. Um, you know, when autonomous vehicle vehicles come or if there's car sharing, you know, do they need to exist? And I'm sure you guys have done some survey work and research in that area. So there's the super long question for you, Lisa.
2: <laughs> okay, I'm taking notes. Well, <laughs> first of all, we always say as forecasters, never say never, right? Yeah,
1: um, yeah, yeah.
2: There are certainly all kinds of possibilities. The real key, though, is um, getting back to brand, which is really front and center of what we do with customer experience measurement. um, We do see that brand is very relevant and important. And we found that consumers are more likely to buy from from dealerships or brands um, that they're familiar with. And this becomes even more relevant in an environment where you're going more virtual versus, you know, that um, in-soar experience. So, you know, again, just getting to will the model go away completely? You know, we do see a threshold of consumers, a very large threshold of consumers that believe the dealer is extremely relevant. But really, what is the definition of a dealer in the future, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't have to be what we see right now. Will we, um, will we have the, the type of real estate and brick and mortar, you know, the footprint that we have now? Likely not at all. It will be much more mobile and agile. Um, but at the same time, you know, a lot of mobility – is about service in the experience. It's not just about nuts and bolts and the hardware. So, you know, even if we get into autonomous vehicles, even though you might think, oh, you know, they're all alike, it's the same technology. um, Consumers are really still striving to have this personalized, um, pleasant mobility experience. And to the extent that dealers can continue to play a relevant role in shepherding consumers along that decision-making process, um, we we feel it's it's pretty relevant still. It's just really how we define what a dealer is in the future, but it, it seems to be still a relevant um, aspect.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that transforms.
0: Um, Are you going to make a prediction now, Tom? Like you did with the travel agents? Oh,
1: I, I, I I think so. I, I you know I, I think um, I, I I don't think the Amazon effect can be understated. Um, I think. You know, consumers have now grown conditioned to be able to do all, particularly with COVID, to do all their shopping from the comfort of their home and their cell phone. And I don't think, you know, even though a car is a significant purchase, if automotive companies, particularly if they cooperate with a very liberal return policy um, and, you know, to, to uh, to, to your to your point if, if, if people are able to test drive from their own home and don't have to go to the dealership um, I, I could see a day where it, it's all done that way you know and if you combine it with the angst that, that's the other thing that would be you know. I'd love to have you comment on is Lisa is to what level do people feel that uh, traditional car buying in a dealership is a very stressful um, and pressure filled experience. You know, I, I, I bought my last two cars over the phone, um, and the internet precisely because of that, because I felt like I had more control over the process and I didn't want to get pressured when I got the deal, you know, the, the same old thing, let me go talk to my manager garbage. And this is, you know, if you want this car to, you know, you're going to have to buy it at this price today and all that, all that stuff. What, what are you seeing in terms of that? Has that changed over time at all? Or is that, still um uh, a negative factor when it comes to car buying
2: yeah well you always want to try to see the silver linings um when you're going through times of crisis and disruption and that's really what we are all seeking to do against the backdrop of covid this year and with respect to the purchase process yes we definitely see a lot of pain points and we've been working with with our clients in terms of identifying those pain points and trying to overcome them and it is interesting that negotiation issue is very uncomfortable for people. Mm-hmm. So it's not only the, the negotiation you know, on the, the sales price and what you're gonna get, um, but it's also the time that you're spending in the mm-hmm. dealer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I can speak from personal experience. This week, I was able to get so much more done over the phone and online with this purchase to the point where I, I, I made two visits to the same dealer, went in, took a test drive, mm-hmm. um, gave all my information over the phone, Um, So by the time I came in, it was really about signing the financial papers and spending a little bit of time um, with the person who was just getting me trained up on the vehicle and the the technology. Um, And and that's really important because although some consumers really like to negotiate in person, sort of that traditional face-to-face way, so many more um, do not. And we find that our research tells us that women and younger folks in particular really don't like that in-person negotiation. So now um, dealerships are really rising to that occasion and giving consumers more control over the mode that they negotiate. Um, and because of the pandemic, it's just becoming a lot more uh, easy to be able to do that. But yeah, that's a good thing.
1: That's good to hear. That's good to hear. So um, as a con- consumers in- insights firm, uh, what type of job roles are there for people in CX? Do you, do you have specific CX roles there? Uh, If so, can you describe what they do as part of their daily routine?
2: Yeah, sure. So, again, being a consumer insights firm that's all about measurement, Um, that's the side that we fall on in terms of customer experience. So we have the ability to work with a very broad set of clients and industries and functions, which is very exciting. Um, And uh, folks that come to work for us are really focused on measuring customer experience. So looking at a customer journey, identifying, again, as I mentioned, pain points along the process, working with the, the kind of the end client to do a better job in interfacing with their end consumer um, and ulti- ultimately identifying growth opportunities in the industry. So, yeah, if you're, if you're into numbers and measurement mm-hmm. and really getting to know um, all about consumers and, uh, you know, people's mindsets, this is a, a great place to, to uh, have a career.
1: Well, that's really cool. Bob, do you have any closing questions?
0: I think we've covered a lot. I, this is a super interesting topic. I know to a lot of people, having worked in the automotive industry myself, when you bring up the shopping process, it's a trigger yeah, <laughs> for a lot of I people. I mean,
1: it, it, it really is, you know, and, and yep. I, 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 you know, again, back to the negotiation process, I don't know why, I don't know if it's the quotas that are imposed on dealership that continues to drive the practices or not, but. Um, you know, to your point, Lisa, for, for a significant portion of the market, it's definitely a negative, uh, a negative thing. And I, um, I'm just saddened that the, the Saturn uh, fixed price model didn't, didn't take a, a greater um, uh, change in the market and, and how pricing is determined. But I know, I know for me, I, I can't walk in a dealership without, without a certain amount of anxiety. So
0: um, Well, there's I'm, a trick, you know, I mean, as a consumer, we don't just shop at car stores. We also go to Starbucks or we also stay at a nice hotel. So we have a certain expectation for customer experience. Yep, yep. And if it's not really aligning, then that's a trouble point for the yep. automotive business. But everything you said, Lisa, it sounds like we're kind of going in the right direction, which is great.
1: I, I hope so. I hope
0: so.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, thanks again, Lisa. We really appreciate having you on the show.
2: It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tom and Bob show. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and share it on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you have any ideas or suggestions for future podcasts, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. After all, you're our customer.
0: Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M radio.